Blog Talk Radio. How you been? It's the one, the only, Brian Rails. Who the fuck else? Can't really do the macho man voice. As of late, folks, there's been a lot of distractions. A lot of distractions, let me tell you. None that I, I mean, there's a lot of political ads going on, but this is professional wrestling, folks. And tonight, we will discuss AEW Dynamite and the comebacks, or the comeback kids. Ember Moon, Tony Storm, anyone. Not that some of you care about professional wrestling and, you know, women's spectrum. Obviously, it's a big deal now than it was before. But tonight, like I said, we're going to discuss AEW Dynamite and NXT TakeOver 31 and the aftermath that follows and, you know, the chaos that was on tonight with Rich Holland, Ori Lorcan, Danny Birch. So on and so forth, we will discuss professional wrestling. That is all. It is not the end of the show, and I have much to discuss. I haven't, I haven't heard from you lovely listeners in quite a while, and obviously tonight I didn't talk just to hear my own voice, but just to hear my own voice live on the airwaves, not to sound like an egotistical jackass. But dear Lord, man, the fucking oh geez. I'll discuss the subway ride home on a separate podcast on Monday, that is, okay? AEW Dynamite. Okay, and I'm not going by Forbes. I'm not going by e-wrestling. I'll just do a ringside news, okay? Hang on a minute. More distractions, you know, in the neighborhood, folks. Sorry, my apologies. At uh, off the rails, uncensored, and more professional than this. Uh, A.E. Dubs. Let's see here. October seventh. They're really defending a lot of championships, folks, on AEW, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but maybe it's a good thing. I don't know. The AEW tag team titles will be online tonight. Let's see here. TNT title, which is similar to the 24-7 championship, if you really think on it, folks. And then uh, Cody didn't cut a pony, cut another fired-up promo backstage. Sorry, I'll short video package of Chris Jericho. 
glowing comments from the AEW roster. Ringside arcade cabinet privileges. Just another reason why it's good to be Miro. I got you know, I gotta play this one. I have to. Or is it just a gif? I kinda feel like a fool again, damn it. We'll go live with the arena where Miro and Kip Sabian are playing an arcade machine at ringside. That's fucking cool. But, you know, he's playing a game while the wrestling's going on. Um, both men running each other. Okay, so Brian Cage versus Will Hobbs. I've seen some of these guys at Revolver shows. So, uh, let's see here. Hobbs punches Cage in a flying cross body. Then Cage is forced in the corner. I'm not going to read this whole shit. Uh, Hobbs starts firing back, but then Cage drops him to a knee and hits a basement drop kick. Cage hits a standing moonsault for a two count. And goes for a sleeper. Let me just get to the... Okay, Brian Cage wins this match. Well, the wicked spinebuster near fall. Uh-huh. Michinoku driver, that actually gets a victory in AEW. Wow, most of the time in WWE, that's a kick out at two. Two. All right. So then you go to commercial break, and Lance Archer cuts a promo and acknowledges wrestling mocks in a Texas death match in New Japan. So I, I realized that that was a long time ago, but holy shit. AEW Tag Team Championships, FTR with Tully Blanchard versus TH2. Young Bucks are watching backstage. Jack Evans starts the match with Dax. Hits a drop kick to catch, rolls up Dax for a two count. Evans attempts a few more pen attempts and botches. Okay, I don't want to read botch. I just. Angelico tags in and does some ridiculous routine. To take Dax down by the leg. So let's fast forward. There's another commercial break. The winners by okay. So FTR. Is there any interference? No, there's no interference. So oh, I like this guy. FTR and are phenomenal, and TH2 are one of the worst tag teams I've ever seen. What else is there to say? The Bucks are shown again. And they're angry, so they super kick the cameraman. Uh, that's funny. That's an ode to uh, you know who. Can't say when I'm reviewing them. TNT Championship dog collar match. Brody Lee with Dark Order versus Cody with Brandy and Arn Anderson. So, only. <laughs> okay, so Brody asked for a chair. He sets it up. John Silver sit on the Cody, then drop kick Silver off the chair. I wonder how many fucks interfered in this match because Dark Order has like a gajillion members in their fucking faction. I don't know if they're, you know, like I said, commercial break, and then Cody comes back and beats Brody. So Cody Rhodes and Whistling hits Crossroads for the win. So was there cover in this match? I believe so. There has to be. It's a dog collar match, for fuck's sakes. Winner and still TNT champion, Cody Rhodes. Big Swole versus Serena Deeb. Wow, that's a huge opportunity missed by WWE. Serena Deeb was a good fucking worker, man. Um, it still is. So the winner is Swole hits a headbutt and forearm for the win. Oh, by the way, folks, the Instagram's still active, Wrestle underscore radio. And the Facebook is Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook dot com. 
on Twitter at Brian Rails or BTrain05000 on Twitter handle. So if you have any questions, just message me. I'm getting three messages right now. That's cool. Let me get four, five. I will message. I will answer the questions, sir, as best I can, live on air. So, okay. John Moxley is in a bar and says he isn't celebrating the anniversary of AEW Dynamite because he's too busy. So I guess this is when AEW did first start. Interesting, folks. Um, Chaos Project versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Okay, so Matt starts off with Jericho and Serpentico. Going in the crowd, Y2J after a night of adulation. Jericho chops Serpentico, but the high flyer catches him with the head scissors. So it's a very high flying, you know, high octane match. Jericho and Luther. This dude, I swear to God, Jericho and Luther used to fight each other back in WCW, and very interesting pairing by AEW. Jericho and Jake Hager, go figure. I can say how, but I think that was, yeah, that was the main event. So, okay, now on to uh, NXT. You know, there's been a lot of debate whether or not they could continue without a crowd because they only stay in Florida, and some may argue, do comebacks make the difference in professional wrestling? does not matter if you're AEW, New Japan, NWA, all the active wrestling companies going on during this pandemic. You know how big a deal it is to have Ember Moon back in NXT. You know how big of a deal it is to have Finn Balor back there. I mean, this is like a dream come true for a super fan, right? So anyways, I told you I was going to review AEW and NXT. So I don't like going in order, folks. I watch the show, but I... Don't pay attention necessarily to the order. I know that Danny Burch phased off with Ridge Holland. Ridge Holland ended up beating the crap out of him and Orny Lurkin, but unfortunately, well, that sucks when you get an injury in the most inopportune time. Dex, okay, so Austin Theory versus Leon Ruff, I believe it is. Yes, Leon Ruff. And uh, here's the deal, folks. With the long, dramatic pause. <laughs> There's a women's match. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart versus Zia Lee. And Zia Lee continues her losing streak, but she got an interesting offer, I guess, from Boa. So I guess there's more managers coming through. Wrestling is getting a very old-school feel to it, you know, but I like the Capital Wrestling Center. Um, it's very – it's like the mini Thunderdome version of NXT, and you hear the audio – or whomever is basically, you know, filling in. I miss, I miss live shows. But you heard at the beginning of the show, we're going to give you groundbreaking wrestling from the Capitol Wrestling Center in Florida. Groundbreaking it is, folks. I mean, because, like I said. Do comebacks make the difference? You bet your ass they do. And tonight on NXT Live on the USA Network, you saw wrestling, you saw physicality, 
and you know that WWE is going to try and bring their A game to the AEW as far as beating them in ratings. And some base their laurels off that, and some say, well, that shit's too predictable. Oh, you know, too many people get hurt. Drake Maverick and... Wow, this is an odd pairing. Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. Killian Dane cannot... He just cannot absolutely stand Drake Maverick and punched him out, powerbombed him onto their opponents. And, you know, Drake Maverick ends up getting the victory. Tries to get Killian Dane to dance, and Dane just like, no, fuck you. Just gives him a haymaker right to the face, and he's down for the count, carries him out like a sack of potatoes at a grocery store. Just carries him out on his shoulder and is like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to partner with you. Uh, and let's see here. Ember Moon was trying to get shit out, but then Io Shirai interrupted, then Rhea Ripley, and then uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez come out on the ramp and attack Ember Moon. So then Rhea Ripley comes to the aid. Actually, not Rhea Ripley. Ember Moon then comes to the aid of Rhea Ripley. And we have a female brawl. So then William Regal comes out and says, you know, later tonight, the main event, it's going to be Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez. And Dakota Kai. So what you're seeing, folks, is action. Because NXT... Um, ever since I have uh, tuned in and watched it since its inception, has been nothing but action. And I'm sure people are going to say it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't look the same without a crowd look. It's a nice fucking distraction from what's going on in the world today, considering all this shit with the pandemic and COVID-19. Professional wrestling is a nice distraction, sir. And I would appreciate if you don't bring politics onto my show and call me names like you just did. So we're going to deal with uh, that situation as promptly as possible. Yeah, if you guessed it, you guessed it, Code. Um, professional wrestling, whether it's replays of AEW, whether it's replays of NXT, old school in your house videos, old school WCW Halloween Havocs, um, not just Halloween Havocs, but also Super Brawl and Bash at the Beach and just random stuff to keep my mind off of what's going on right now, especially, you know, like I said, we're on the eve of an election, folks. We're only less than a month away, and uh, people are getting crazy. So professional wrestling is a nice little distraction for that. Then you see jo- – okay, so anyways, back to the whole pro wrestling scene. If you will, we're on NXT's discussion. So Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae were seen at their apartment or whatever, wherever they were. And there's a new TV from Indy Hartwell. Interesting uh, pairing, I guess. They're trying to pair together a women's tag team. Okay, Cameron Grimes attacks Dexter Loomis after the match because Loomis just stared at him. Lame sauce, but, you know, I like, like, I've told a friend, you know, Cameron Grimes is an underrated heel. And I say that because as much as people love to hate this guy, he's doing his job. And he gives a good mic, and all I can tell you is, man, 
Dexter Loomis has a lot of layers to him as a character, and he's very intriguing, if you will, because no one knows what he's thinking, no one knows what he's going to do. So I will tell you, it's very, very, very interesting to watch his matches because Yeah, yeah. A lot of messages on Instagram. Do you hear that beep in the background, folks? Wait a minute. Hold on a second. That doesn't make sense. Oh, that's an old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, that was an old show. Uh, well, you know, I don't think it would be a bad idea, but if we wanted to do a retro show day, we could. I could just air the other show during the show, but I don't know. Right on. think it would be a bad idea to do a retro show. I'm just saying like you want the Danny Cage episode or the Izzy one? You can find those dude on iTunes for sure. Anyways, as I was saying, I don't think that, you know, having these comebacks are a bad thing to answer another question. And also, I'm trying to focus. Let's see here. Ah, yes. I got distracted. We were talking about Candice LeRae and, and Cameron Grimes being an underrated heel and how Dexter Loomis has a lot of layers. Yay, I remembered! Usually I suck at this shit. As far as I'm concerned, folks, when there's a comeback in wrestling, sometimes it's fruitless. Sometimes it's just... Like, okay, I mean fruitless. Sting's comeback... It pisses me off because I was at that mania for WrestleMania 31. And I just, it irks me to this day why there would be such a great build, you know, for a character like Sting and Hunter. And I may not be fully understanding why Sting didn't put Hunter away, you know, because he put Hogan away in this kind of build. It's just like if back in the day, if Hogan didn't agree to take not the fall, but to lose to Sting because it would have killed WCW back in the day. You see what I'm saying? Now, this is just the emphasis on we've just, I got the win against Sting. Now, their company is, you know, furthermore not here. That's the portion of comebacks that I don't like is to have people come back. Like Undertaker, when he comes back, it's like majestic. It's amazing. There's a lot of adjectives to describe when the Undertaker returns. When Edge came back, wow, I was there in Houston. The network does not do the noise justice unless you have a sound box or sound bar and you could hear the crowd's elation when Edge came out. I just feel like if somebody's going to 
make a comeback in pro wrestling, it's got to be legitimized. It's got to be one of those you didn't see coming or people are buzzing about it, you know. Like if Samoa Joe were to come back to the ring, if Wade Barrett come back in the ring. So, whenever I think of comebacks, I think of, wow, I did not see that coming. Like at Royal Rumble or at... uh, the beginning of AEW, you know, you see a lot of people like, wow, I didn't see, I didn't see that signing coming. Come on, fuck on. Some of you did. Come on. Russell underscore radio. Yes, that's why, I mean, I'm, that's why I said, dude, the invitation's open if you want to come on the show. It's 213-943-3422. Mm-hmm. If you want to call in and just listen, dude, that's completely fine with me. Anyways, back to what I was saying, folks. A lot of times in professional wrestling, you get told, well, this comeback sucked. I didn't like that comeback. Oh, it was horrible. Well, I'm about to dive more in depth. I know this thing gets kind of overdone, but the following content contains expletives is not a pro- and is not appropriate for children under the age of 18. If your child repeats this, I am not responsible as a party for what the consequence may be if said child repeats this shit to the principal or any authoritative figure. So figure you know this generation has no fear and obviously obviously, is better known as the all-knowing experts, right? Some of them, not all of them. Anyways, Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademark podcast sister show of Wrestle Radio Network. Author Rails Uncensored is a trademark podcast coined and phrase and created March 7, 2016. Any reproduction, the name Off the Rails Uncensored and likeness thereof is a $45 fine if you decide to use and choose the likeness of the name Off the Rails Uncensored. Anyways, folks. I can't guarantee that you will or will not be offended by the end of this show. But, you know, as luck would have it, I've got 36 minutes to unhinge, if you will, on certain issues and also discuss with you because I don't want to just rant the entire fucking time, okay? All right. So tonight, you know, it's a get my <clears throat> music. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand.
kind of got carried away. The neighbor's out doing whatever she's doing. Thank God she went back in the house. Yes, I know I'm on live air. Do comebacks make a difference, folks? Do comebacks make any kind of difference in the world of professional wrestling? That is the question. Everyone and their brother's mother, uncle's father's cousins, twice removed, you know the fucking deal. Do comebacks make a difference? Yes, you bet your ass. Not just WWE, wherever, whichever division of professional wrestling, whichever organization, I should say, has somebody that's been out for two to three weeks. Let me tell you. Granny can tell you stories endlessly about WFC and how many comebacks, you know, have made impact and that particular uh, night or day that there was a WSC event or BCW or whatever events Granny attends. So, miss you, dear. And uh, that is that. So, do they make a difference? Yes, because not only does it enhance the product that you're working for or watching, it makes you go, man, I never saw that one coming a mile away. I didn't know that this individual was going to be there. Man, well, that's cool. There's a lot of people that say there's no element of surprise anymore. People just watch highlights, and they don't really get into the product. They don't really immerse in it because they're focusing on their own career. And I understand that, and I understand that people got to be well aware. they got to see what sells. they got to make sure their merchandise is fresh, not just as their merchandise do, but their moves it in the ring, their, you know, their routine, so when they come back, they're flawless. Now, granted, okay, not a lot of people, common wrestling fans would say, I don't know who they are, but I'm sure I'll watch it again if The Rock comes back or if Stone Cold ever got in the ring again. Some people, you know, I like to call it wrestling snob. They... They know who they like is not snob. They sneer. They sneer at others with, oh, yeah, she came back. Who cares? We have this kind of wrestling. Or They are so predictable. We know what's going to happen. We knew this was going to happen at the pay-per-view. Okay, so Roman Reigns coming back, that did not kind of impacted the main roster. It actually did impact. You know, some of the shit that happened on the main roster. And some may say, well, it's going to hurt the rest of the roster because they're just going to focus on Jey Uso and him now. Well, it's a story is a story, so if you don't like it, you know, some, there's the door. Don't let it hit you on the ass on the way out type thing. Now, granted, Roman Reigns, some, I keep saying the word some. A lot of people will say, well, they, they work him into the story too much. They're overdoing it. They're shoving them down our throats. Right now, folks, you don't have a choice. I mean, you do. You have AEW, you have New Japan, you've got NWA. Hell, dude, you've even got local wrestling going right now during the fucking pandemic to keep you entertained. The hardest part, you know, about these comebacks is how do you. You know, how do you watch 
a show when all these comebacks are taking place and there's no crowd reaction. I mean, there's some people at the event. I mean, I guess they're up-and-comers. I guess they're production crew, catering. I don't know because they're not allowed um, an event over 50 people, and if it's not sanctioned by the state of Florida, they really can't fucking do it. That's my answer to that question or those questions. Do comebacks in professional wrestling make a difference? Yes and no. The examples I brought up that didn't make that big a deal, okay, the Ultimate Warrior back in WCW, I'll bring that one up. Here's a good example. His comeback in WCW was short-lived because I don't know why you would book him against Hogan after all these years, and it just showed that Hogan was the better worker, but... It was kind of like the passing of the torch back at the WrestleMania in Toronto. It was an iconic match. There's so much build for it, and it's just like, okay. When the Ultimate Warrior showed up in WCW, I thought to myself, holy shit, I have not seen this dude since I was in kindergarten and first grade watching him until he left the company and never came back. When he came back, for the Hall of Fame in New Orleans, it was really weird. It was very odd, you know, because the next day he passed away. God rest his soul. But his comeback in WCW was pointless because of the way that he was utilized in the company. So some comebacks, when they feature professional wrestlers that you have not seen, and for fucking ever, by the way, it makes one wonder, okay, Wow, I thought this person didn't exist anymore. Or, or some comebacks are like, really? A lot of the short-lived comebacks, you know, are at Royal Rumble. And yes, I know Survivor Series is coming up, and I know that Halloween Havoc is going to be kind of like a takeover for NXT. But we're we're discussing comebacks right now, dude. If you want to message me specifically about that, you're more than welcome, dude. And I will answer your questions as best I can. I actually do answer all my questions. You can ask anyone that's. Assassin's so Yeah, for sure, dude. That's awesome. But do comebacks make or break a wrestling company? It depends on the comeback, dude. If The Rock was to come back to uh, Friday Night SmackDown Live, dressed up in gear to take on Roman Reigns, I guarantee to you there'd be so much intrigue by ESPN and all the sports analysts because The Rock is like a huge movie star, man. Has been in it was really good, even with his presence as an actor. But if he were to make a comeback, you bet your ass it would impact the whole wrestling scene. Everyone would bring their egg in, the, and people would say, well, AEW would still come out on top. I don't know, man. A lot more people know who Dwayne The Rock Johnson is compared to Chris Jericho. But if you're a wrestling fan... Some of you may remember Chris from WCW. Some of you may also remember his stint in WWE. But I can assure you, comebacks do make a difference because if you have the same, I mean, if you have the same roster over and over again, but yet you manage to pull it off Either way, more more power to you because now 
Like I said, it's difficult when you have the same people. Entertaining you, but giving you different looks and giving you one hell of a show like AEW has been doing. Is there a need for comebacks on their end? Like if Hangman Page got hurt or if Moxley got hurt, for example, and then took, you know, three-week hiatus, would it matter? Yes, it would. Because no matter if it's the same roster, but they have an injury angle or they're working a story feud between a certain someone with the heel knocks out the baby face and takes his leg out with a chair or something. Like if Arn Anderson was holding somebody down for FTR and then FT, one of the FTR members get on the middle buckle and you know, leg drop the chair, which was sitting on some random dude's leg, and then all of a sudden, that guy, two or three weeks later, comes back. Yeah, it's a fucking big deal because some people don't realize when you're in professional wrestling, if a guy comes back from an injury, injury, in quote, that comeback is a big deal because it depends on the character. Yes, I agree. I agree, Paul. I agree 100%. It depends on the <clears throat> wrestler he or she that comes back and how cool it's going to be when there's comebacks due during when there's a crowd again. Imagine that. Comebacks without a crowd. Oh, that's enough. Whew. Okay, so when Edge came back and faced Randy Orton at WrestleMania 36, there was no crowd reaction, which sucked. Edge is awesome But you get what I'm saying It'd be like if Billy Gunn came back to WWE Just to be an enforcer or something Or if Chris Jericho gets injured From the inner circle And Jake Hager takes the leadership Responsibility role You know whatever And then Jericho comes back And things have changed The landscape, landscape has changed I'm just throwing out random scenarios Like how comebacks actually work in wrestling, I do not know. I mean, I'm not a promoter. I'm not a writer. I just watch and observe. So like when Gargano came back, it wasn't a blended mix of boos and cheers. It was just like, um, Johnny Wrestling. Because this gentleman, like Gargano, or like when Aleister Black came back, or when Kevin Owens returned. I don't think I've seen Neville or anybody else uh, when it comes to AEW or Pac. Sorry, my bad. So I guess if he makes a comeback for Moxley's championship, should we be at all surprised or is that keeping it under the fucking radar? I don't know. No, I honestly, guys, I think it's good that each company is trying to give us different looks each week because if it was the same show then I hate to take it actually I don't hate to take a stab it would be WWE's main roster some of it all the Hurt Business Mustafa Ali Apollo Crews and Ricochet 
That's a very similar story like Ahmed Johnson in the Nation of Domination with Ron Simmons. So if we want to talk comebacks, or not story, one of the biggest comebacks, you know, of all time, I won't say Edge, I won't say the Hardy brothers, when they came back to WWE at WrestleMania 32, at 32, 33, and the big old tag team tournament for the tag team champions, the Raw tag team championships, and then they win. Then at Ring of Honor, before AEW was a thing, they were kind of on the outs anyways because WWE offered them a great deal of money, and they came back. They, I don't know. It was great. It was hot. It was brand new. And then when Matt and Jeff split, I think Matt flourished more than Jeff. Jeff's doing a great job, too, now. But I'm talking about at that time. I don't know if they even did a comeback angle with the Young They've done several with the Young Bucks, dude. I don't know how to begin to describe it, but it's like comebacks in professional wrestling, they do impact ratings, do impact sales. They do impact your product because if a fan sits there and watches normal programming, we're going to get bored after 20 minutes and we're on our phone anyways. But if somebody's entrance hits and you know the music and you know this dude and you get all excited and amped up, like for... I'm going to keep mentioning names here. Kane. The big show, I don't, uh, I wasn't that excited for his comeback to begin with, but I will say some, like I said, some are like hotcakes, you know, during breakfast time, and others are like grits. Unless there's a fuck ton of flavor, no one's going to care. I'm not the all-knowing expert. I just observe, like I keep saying. As a fan, we watch a lot of shit. As a former worker, you hear a lot of shit. And the marks, the smarks. Well, I consider all of us to be marks, to be honest with you, dude. And I'll get into that discussion some other time, because right now we're we're discussing comebacks. So, <clears throat> favorite comeback, not so much Ric Flair. That dude's kind of keeps coming out of the woodwork. I respect his career. I respect the fact that he made history with 16 championships. John Cena came close. I mean, the company did kind of, like I said, like a cheap bottle of wine make us drink the fucking, well, no, that doesn't make, that analogy was about to not make sense, but they kind of make it, force us to drink it and be like, here, you know it's cheap. Just keep drinking it. Come back, okay, John, speaking of Cena, Comebacks in the ring, maybe. He faced Bray Wyatt in a weird, odd match at Mania 36. Very, very weird. I mean, I don't know. Like, the symbolism, it was different. The match was definitely different. But the comeback with Cena, and then, I guess years ago, we would love, we would have loved it if Bray Wyatt would have defeated him at WrestleMania 30. That's it's different rant for a different day, but you know, I'll keep on subject instead of going well, no, that's a lie. I'll still go on tangents. Some of the comebacks that are short lived, like Papa Shango or The Godfather or Jeff Jarrett. 
there's a lot of fun ones. I mean, I wish China would have come back during this era. That would have been a lot of fucking fun if she did. God rest your soul. Um, comeback that if I had to pick between Eddie Guerrero, Brian Tillman, well, I would definitely choose Eddie because the way that his character and his gimmick, it was he was, he knew how, when to turn the switch on and when to turn it off, when to dial it up, when to, you know, pull back. Eddie was very... If he were alive today, man, oh my lord, he'd be an agent right now. Or he'd come back from time to time because he's just such a good worker. Um, if I'm bringing Pillman back, that'd be Natalia. Let's see, Natalia, Davy Boy Smith Jr., Brian Pillman Jr., Davy Boy Smith's son, so forth. Bret Hart, I believe. Yeah, that would be the new Hart Foundation for sure. Tyson Kidd. So they're right there, man. You have the bloodline of the entire Heart Foundation in one full set. And if I had to choose any superstars that are not working in WWE to come back, who would it be and why? Um, it comes from Darren from Paulsboro, New Jersey. Um, that's interesting. Um, I would say... That's a good question. You know, can I pick a... Well, okay. That's a tough question. If I had to pick anybody dead or alive to come back from... Okay. Well, they're both seem to be, I guess, in WWE Hall of Fame. Road Warrior Hawk. Road Warrior Animal. Legion of Doom. I'd bring back Andre. I, you know, would bring back uh, Roddy Piper. Basically guys from my childhood that I kind of grew up watching. And so RVD would be one of those comebacks that you never know if it's going to pan out. Um, But I would definitely tell you comebacks in professional wrestling are a dime a dozen. No one knows why? No one knows the rhyme or reason for it, but I can just gauge it just a bit and just say, okay, so the reason why we have comebacks in professional wrestling is so that the audience doesn't get bored to fucking tears, so that it keeps us on our feet, so that we don't go absolute batshit bonkers crazy going, dude, change the fucking script. Make sense of, you know, what your audience is looking for. It's kind of like a certain someone says, you have to serve your audience as if you were a Fortune 500 company and you're trying to present a new innovative product every other week but not trying too hard, just keeping it simple, stupid. Yep. That's why comebacks are important. Because some of them make a difference. Some of them are just like, really, this guy? To some audiences are very fickle now. Got that from another genius. <laughs> it's, it's the truth. 
You like one guy one week, you hate another guy the next week. They're like, we're allowed to decide. Comebacks help further a story along. They help with a feud arc. They basically, it's like a game of chess. Do you really want to put your pawns and rooks first? Or do you want to move your knights first? How do you do it? So, comeback adds a little flavor to the game. You're like, well, you thought I wasn't going to take the queen. I guess I am. And some people are really quick to judge, you know. I can't believe Lesnar come back and he didn't do shit. Well, I agree on that one. His comeback was just... Lesnar's comeback in WWE was about the equivalent of watching the Manny Pacquiao... George, yeah, not George. Danny Pacquiao. Yeah, Floyd's fight, yeah. Floyd Merriweather's fight, never mind. Merriweather Pacquiao. Um, yeah, it's about the equivalent of that. Some comebacks, like, okay, the Bella Twins short-lived, but very good because they tried to bring the best out of Rousey. Um, let's see here. Um, oh, yes. Certain groups, like the NWO making a comeback in 2001, may not have lasted but a year almost because just the stories that Vince and the creative team would come up with was just so fucking on point. Maybe not so much as WCW, but they had their members like uh, Hogan, Nash, Hall. And then when Hogan dropped the title of leader, then it became Shawn Michaels. So basically, essentially, if Triple H would have joined, it would have been the click. But you get what I'm saying? When, when groups make a comeback, that's... Um, Holy, that's a different story. Now, if the NWO Wolfpack would have made a comeback, I just, I don't know, I would have said, wow, I'm reliving my childhood, but in different form. Comebacks. It depends how you look at it. Because you got to put your stamp your product and you got to make you got to make a statement so when you're saying I'm bringing this guy back or I'm bringing this gal back like if Becky when Becky Lynch comes back I guarantee you Rousey's going to be back even as minute as Nikki Cross even though she was the front runner and the uh, saving grace for sanity she was the missing piece if she makes a comeback, I'm still going to be happy. Do you know why? Because seeing a different face on programming is a hell of a lot different than watching the same old shit. There, I worded it differently. So, yeah. There seems to be like a huge impact. There seems to be a huge impact when 
guys that return, not just for the payroll, but for the entertainment of the fans, to hear that that crowd reaction. That's the bread and butter of professional wrestling is the crowd. And if you can get them going, and if you can keep us going without us, which is like a huge task to begin with. I mean, they've got up-and-comers in AEW. They've got up-and-comers watching WWE shit. But it ain't the same without the real pains in the asses, and I'm talking about us, the audience. So comebacks are harder right now to come by because I guarantee you if an NXT live crowd at Full Sail was around and they saw Ember Moon come out of the woodwork or Tony Storm, there'd be NXT chants, Ember Moon, or welcome back, welcome back. Their, their returns do, are very valid. And though not a lot of people know them like the casual fans or they're just here and there fans, it does make impact somewhat, you know, because the ratings, the, the merchandise, the intrigue to the brand, there's a whole shit ton of things to list when it comes back to certain people's comebacks. Some weren't very receptive of Gargano when he came back. I didn't, like I said, I don't mind Johnny. I never cared for his wrestling. I just think he's kind of here and there, hit and miss. I'm good when I'm, no. I respect his work, but I'm just not a fan. Because everyone and their brother's mother fucking cheers for this dude. No, dude, I was the only one that cheered for Ciampa. When Ciampa made a comeback, I was like, hmm. Interesting, he's no longer wearing the cut-off jean shorts or whatever. He's actually wearing, well, I mean, he's never not worn trunks. I'm just saying. In certain instances, it's great. In some instances with comebacks, it's like, gee, I wonder why we wasted our money on this person again. Insisting that the fans will love it, insisting that we would care, so it's like Yeah, for sure. It is like some NXT comebacks like I feel really bad for Ridge Hall and I hope that his injury's not as bad because I think they're finally gonna push the idea of Ridge Hall and Adam Cole and then he gets hurt and it's just like great. So Undisputed still together. They made a comeback here and there. And I think it's nice that they're giving others opportunity. You know, in professional wrestling, some guys are like, oh, sure, okay, whatever. And then some people are just not very receptive for a comeback. Like, okay. When Roman Reigns came back, you know, many people said to ourselves, like, when he won the championship, well, we knew this was going to happen. You're so you're so predictable. If Okay. So Roman Reigns has made this company a shit ton of money. Same goes if for John Cena was to come back. You know how many people, despite my discord, you know, um, and I don't think a lot of people can speak negatively about him in certain aspects. 
But when it comes from a fan's perspective, that if you're absolutely biased and you hate John Cena, kind of perspective, you know what, how they're going to boogie. Yet we still act as if we're like patients with amnesia or memory loss, and we say to ourselves, maybe, maybe the outcome will be different. When this person comes back Maybe they might actually let him lose I was very surprised That he pitched the idea for Bray To win the championship at Elimination Chamber But then again he went to Hollywood So it's kind of a hollow victory Then um, when Cena comes back again For WrestleMania 36 He said no I think I need to put Bray over It's like wow What could have should have Here and there And yes I'm taking jabs at Cena Here and there Certain comebacks really can impact the fans' thoughts on your company. Like, okay, so let's bring back Trish Stratus and Lita for Evolution. Wow. I mean, Trish looks like she has not lost a step. Lita, Lita is definitely, you know, always the same daredevil, you know, always doing high risk. It was nice. It was nice to see familiar faces. Um, faces I didn't care for. Kelly Kelly, Tori Wilson, you know, that uh, Battle Royal at Evolution that Nia Jax won. Um, Jacqueline, Molly Holly. Like I said, even for the women, they're short-lived comebacks, but they, they had impact just a little bit because of name. If you're... It, it's the same in this business. If you're a well-known name... And you're out for a while, and then you come back, and fans are like, oh, wow, they're back. That's why I believe, folks, and this is just my opinion, comebacks in professional wrestling, do they matter? Is that your fucking ass? They do, because if they didn't, why would companies come to them and say, hey, do you think you could come back for just a couple months? We'll try it out. We'll see what the fans think. We'll see what you know social media says. And if you don't work out, you know, we can always uh, reconnect at this time. I think part of the issue is with comebacks sometimes is some media can be very misleading, like uh, the whole Molina situation. Some sources will always say, well, it'd be nice if I come back, but, you know, don't believe all the media hype and all this is what Molina was trying to say. So some hyped-up comebacks are a problem. Um, don't believe everything you read on the Internet is harder than it looks. Trust me. Believe me. Been there, done that. So to come back, give fans a sense of what to look forward to. Yeah. You can cut your sweet ass, it does. There hasn't been a time in wrestling where comeback didn't make a difference. Like when Jericho, I wouldn't say it was a comeback, it was more of an intro, you know, in 99. And then when he left again and came back, it was like, wow. When The Rock 
you know, comes back. Some fans are not receptive to it. I don't care when he comes back. He's a fucking great wrestler. Like when Stone Cold gave the, you know, came back on the anniversary of Raw or the whatever episode of Raw and he kicked Byron Saxon in the balls and gave him a stunner. Certain tidbit comebacks, like small comebacks, make me laugh, and some make me go, okay, cool. It's a definite fucking big deal if the guy behind the curtain is not well known. Like when Drew McIntyre came back, and, and I saw him, and if you take it with and I saw like the name flash up on the screen. I was like, "Wow, I haven't seen this guy since 3 and B." No, it's not because of the documentary. I'm just mentioning comebacks. Like, okay, when Kevin Nash came back as Diesel, only a handful of fans knew. Uh, let's see here. Um, that's all the names that I have, folks, from my roster. I know some people are going to be like, "Why didn't you mention this person? Why didn't you mention that person?" Well, folks. I have work to get to tomorrow. I gotta wake up at four in the morning to work a ten, you know, to work a shift, if you will. And good old Brian Rails will say this: the following, I'm retiring for tonight. I'm not retiring the show. Uh-huh. Yeah, me retire? That's a lie. All right, folks. If you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three. Choice words for you. Forget about it. And uh, that'll do it for tonight. Uh, toodles, bitches. I got to sleep and catch a bus, catch a train. So, you know the deals. Gotta get some rest. All right. Have a good night. I will see you all. Or I will see you all. You will hear me on Mondays and Wednesdays. To get. Personality, the closest personality.